Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first annual Run Up the Score Fantasy Football Awards. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott hey, hey. and Tom. Hey, everybody. And congratulations to those of you who secured your fantasy football championship in week 17. We're very proud of you. Also, you change your league settings. It's 2018 <laughs> now. Happy New Year to everybody. We took a little bit of a break because there really wasn't much to recap about week 17. It's no. not like we were going to give you some guys that you can pick up on your waiver claim for the playoffs. So there were we, definitely some losers still. But oh, sure. um, <laughs> always losers that we can talk about. But yeah, but, not uh, really a lot to uh, to really delve into. The teams that are remaining will still be delved into by us as we move through the episode right so and good. we've got a lot to cover and we are going to get to the wild card playoff for those of you who are doing uh daily or postseason long fantasy football in right. the playoffs but we figured now would be a really good time to get some awards out you know it's award season you know the oscars and grammys will be announcing theirs we got the golden globe nominations it's time for some fantasy football awards and who better to bring it to you than the Rutz boys. Yeah, of course. So man. we have 10 awards that we are going to be giving out. And the thing is, each of us has a nominee. That's our individual winner of this award. And, the, and what we're going to do is we're going to put up polls on our Twitter account for each of these awards. So you'll be able to vote on who you think made the best case of, you know, what was the loser of the year, which is one of yep. our awards, or what? who was the fantasy MVP out of our three choices. So we've got a lot of fun stuff. If you like our drops, you are in for a treat because yes. it's a year-end kind of blowout We're dropping special. it like it's hot this week, We are week, dropping baby. drops like it's hot, absolutely. The um, polls will also be in a massive Twitter thread, so smash that MF retweet button yes. on the top one and <laughs> yes. spread awareness. Yes, Get some good discourse going before the uh, terrible Saturday playoff schedule, but we'll get to that in a moment. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's time. It's a familiar drop, so let's just get the two familiar ones out of the way. It's time for our loser of the year. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. The whole year. The entire year. So much losing went right. on. It was yeah. tough, it was I a, think. It was a very tough narrow it down just to a few losers. Yeah, but I took a... I took the... Um, I took the easy route and I picked an entire team okay. because my loser of the year is the Raiders. Now the Raiders, they were a playoff favorite. They were a, a sneaky Super Bowl contender for a lot of pundits, but that's just the real life football world. Let's talk about what the Raiders were looking like in the fantasy football world because those disappointments are even greater oh yeah okay because you had Derek Carr who was a top five quarterback this year gotten better every single year of his career looked like he was going to take that next step and become the MVP candidate he was before he broke his leg and listen Carr dealt with a back injury that I think we never really learned the true severity of yep. so I'm not saying that all of that's on him you also bring in Marshawn Lynch Right, I said it, I said it before. I thought this was a vanity acquisition to help sell seats in Oakland while the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas gets ready. And listen, 
Beast Mode was okay, but he was being drafted as a running back two or an emergency RB1 yep. for guys who went wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver Gronk in the first two rounds, and he just did not deliver anywhere near that. Especially in the early part and middle of the season. Towards the end, he came on a little. And let's not forget his meltdown on Thursday night against the Chiefs where he just bumped a ref and tossed a helmet got thrown out of a game, a game that had so many fantasy points, I would consider it the fantasy football game of the year with how many points that were, it was but there. we still haven't gotten to the receivers, and I think it's very easy to point to Amari Cooper, and you're absolutely right. He dealt with his own slew of injuries, ankle problems, concussion problems, all that stuff, but while he was on the field, Down. he was Butterfingers. single-digit performances week in and week out. You had God to wait awful. until that wake-up game against the Chiefs, and then he did play well down the stretch, but at the time... But by the time he started playing well down the stretch, you couldn't trust. You him. had nothing left to play for, and you couldn't because trust he him at all. Tanked you because Amari Cooper was a was a third round value this year. Yeah, he was and a mega bust. Michael Crabtree, the guy that we always like to say, oh, he, don't tell anyone, but he's better than Cooper, and the only people that that know it are the Oakland Raiders and us. Well, he wasn't better than Cooper this year. If you take out that three touchdown game week two against the Jets, Michael Crabtree got was an absentee ballot this year. Yep, and. You know, they bring in Jared Cook, big red zone target, big guy in the in the red zone because, you know, they don't trust Cooper in the red zone quite enough yet. Jared Cook didn't do anything to inspire confidence. No. You know, and the, and the tight end position, as always, and, is volatile. But And to add to your point, Sebastian Janikowski, season-long IR. I know, Couldn't yeah. even get the kicker And he was there. a kicker who would be drafted. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's not like he was, like, one of those guys, like, oh, keep your eye on this Janikowski. Like, Janikowski, in some leagues that I'm in, is typically the second kicker taken after Guskowski or Tucker. Right. So... Just overall, a wash year for the Raiders. Hopefully, Gruden comes in and grinds out some more fantasy value for these guys next year if we are to believe that he will be the next Raiders head coach. But for this year, the Raiders, bunch of losers. Yeah. Crabtree and Cooper finished in PPR uh, wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 36, respectively. Ouch. Wow, man. Ouch. We had him at like 15 and 16. You 14 know, everybody and 15, else did too. Yeah, but, uh, Interesting. At least we had close. Crabtree in front of Cooper, which other people did not. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. All right, Scotty, I shut down a team. You're actually you're saying your loser of the year is an entire position. I'm shutting down our, you know, shutting down. I'm losering, you know, for the year the entire QB position. I think it took a gigantic step back this year. You saw young guys like Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, and Jameis Winston completely disappoint throughout the entire season. You saw older guys like Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Eli Manning also take big steps back and have terrible seasons based off of their own standard. You saw injuries to Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun Watson. These are that these QBs, the list that I gave off, were almost all of the QBs being drafted as QB1s this yeah. year. And it just led to a killing of this of this star position and it sent a ripple effect throughout the entire league right so it creates yeah. this this low scoring wide receiver production that we've seen you know the lowest in years we've seen we're gonna for, get to that in a little, a little right later okay too. good i won't go too crazy into that then you saw tight ends become a complete crapshoot even great tight ends had weeks that where they disappeared entirely yep. and that all stems from the quarterback play you know i think that uh if you think back to the, you know, like I said, if you think back to the QBs that were drafted, how many actually lived up to the billing? Yeah, I mean, four of the guys, the four guys that you said that we lost to injury, if those four play the whole season, you got to think they all make the top 10. Right. Well, four, four of them could have been the top five. Right. So with all this going on, 
You yeah. know, the defense rests. Yeah. The QBs were the biggest yeah. losers it was, this year. It was, a tough, it was a tough year, especially for the hype guys. You know, there's always a few hype quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, like, And this year, easily, it was Winston, Mariota, and Carr. And no, none of those three lived up to it. You know, we've still got the Browns looking for a quarterback. We've still got the Bears looking for a quarterback. The 49ers got super lucky that the Patriots felt like they had to get something from Jimmy Garoppolo yep. before he walked. But even still, like, their quarterback position was brutal once Watson went down the Texans were brutal so I mean it felt like a third of the league had a question mark at quarterback so for fantasy players for people who are depending on you know pass catchers and running backs on those teams like like I said that's a third of the league yeah it was was tough and you know I think that uh it all stems from that quarterback position Tom we left you very few options but you were (laughs) able to find a great choice for your nominee for loser of the year yeah, speaking of PPR receiver rankings, Jordy Nelson last year, number one. Right. This year, plummeted into the 40s. Wow. So without Aaron Rodgers, that's one of the biggest falls from grace, you know, season finishing position-wise that I can put into memory. I mean, he fell so far that he wasn't even a wide receiver one on his team. He wasn't a wide receiver one on his team by any measure, right? He wasn't the first target. He wasn't who you'd consider a wide receiver one in fantasy. Like any definition of that thrown out there term in many different ways, he fit it every single way for his entire career. Yep. And now he fits it in zero. Last year, he actually fit it as the wide receiver one. Now he's the wide receiver 40-something, which isn't even a flex option for the most part. He was completely unreliable, his worst season on the books, and Man, I don't know. I think you would have been better off drafting him in the year where he got hurt and didn't play at all than drafting yeah. him this year because <laughs> yeah. you you, had, you actually him out there. You have those pitfalls where you put him into your lineup because he's Jordy Nelson yeah. and he might have blown you a game or two, you missed the playoffs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Came out that he was dealing with a shoulder injury for much of the second half of the year and you know, we just had Devontae Adams get a mega deal to stay with the Packers. They know what direction they want to go in, and it does kind of seem like their offense is fading away from Jordy Nelson a little bit because he is going to be 34 at the start of next season. Yeah. Um, just an unfortunate end, possibly, for the Jordy Nelson era in Green Bay. So those were our losers of the year. As we always do, we pick up the spirits after we talk to you about who, who lost with the waiver wire hero of the year. Now, as always, a good draft is obviously the best way to set your fantasy football team up for success, but you got to be on the waiver wire. And these three guys that we all came up with were extremely valuable oh, yeah. for teams that maybe were plagued with injuries. Everybody talk, everybody, it's been the drum has been beaten to death about how many injuries teams had to deal with this week. No question. So it's going to be a difficult process. Um, you know, or so it was a difficult process to navigate through those injuries, but these guys really did the job. We've got a running back, we've got a receiver, and I have the streaming quarterbacks. Right. So the streaming quarterback strategy probably won people leagues this year. I'm sit I'm sitting in a room right now with one of them yep. who can attest to it. It's a big deal. Um, you know, you had guys like Rogers, Wentz, Watson go down, guys that you thought you were going to be able to depend on. And then you got all of a sudden, you've got these godsends. You've got Tyrod Taylor with some cakewalk matchups down the stretch. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Blake Bortles. Who had some great stretches in the middle of the year. Blake Bortles, who just kind of had those blips in the radar where he, they didn't rely on the ground game so much in Jacksonville. 
You had Jimmy Garoppolo, who if you were able to pick him up. Jared Goff was a very interesting piece who kind of found his way on and off a bunch of rosters in my leagues this year. Yep. So just a lot of different ways to win at the quarterback position this year. So the streaming quarterback strategy, my waiver wire hero of the year. I can't just pick one of them. I think it's great. I think it's a great one. And um, it's kind of... You know, it, it kind of stems from my loser of the year being the quarterback position, showing that, you know, there weren't these these steadfast guys that you can just put in your lineup weekly at quarterback when it seems like that's what it was in the past. This year, it was completely wide open to those who noticed it uh, early on. You know, congratulations. I'm sure you were able to ride the stream or, you know, ride the lightning as another thing we'll get into maybe oh, yeah. a little later. Case Keenan was another, another uh, great example of that. So, yeah, streaming QBs, they were great all awesome. year. All right, Scott, let's go to you. Sure, I am going to go with it, it. This has to be the winner. It has to be. It's Alvin <laughs> Kamara. Come on. Alvin Kamara finished as RB number three. Number three. Right. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara in your full PPR rankings. And you got him off the waiver. I didn't see a single league I was in. And that's saying something because I was in a ton of leagues where the team that had Alvin Kamara did not make the playoffs. He was the most playoff percentage player that I saw by far. This dude only had 201 touches that he turned into 1,554 yards and 14 touchdowns. One more time. Off the waiver. He might be the greatest waiver wire hero of all time. What a case. What a case. I will say, though, in deeper leagues that I was in, Alvin Kamara was getting late round looks. Okay. So, oh, yeah. Listen, he probably ended up on the waiver wire because it was a mess in, in New Orleans before uh, Adrian Peterson right. was dealt so to even the Cardinals. A- but the guy Tom's got is, is interesting because no one was drafting this guy, and he ended up putting up a top 25, a wide receiver two type year. Tom, who is it? Yeah, that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Two Going rookies. back to my PPR yeah. wide receiver rankings that I'm bringing up every single time here, he finished as wide receiver 20. Wow. Yeah, it's great. It had an unbelievable year, unbelievable. and nobody was looking at him. Everybody was like, oh, they drafted this guy, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got a funny name. And then, you know, he scores a couple of touchdowns early in the year. And it's like, oh, uh, he's got these great uh, ideas for celebrations. Yeah, good for him. That's (laughs) cute. Not cute anymore. This dude is a baller. He's the youngest player in the league. There are receivers who are going to be drafted in April who are going to be older than Juju Smith-Schuster is today. So Of course. I mean, he's he's still developing. He's in a great system. Everybody thought Martavis Bryant was going to come in and just assume that number two wide receiver role. And Juju just went and took the carpet out from underneath him. Yeah, Juju, I especially applaud him. And I know my 17-week fantasy players out there love this guy. This is why I want to say he's the uh, waiver wire value of the year with Week 16, 19.5 points. And then week 17, the explosion, 35.3. If you played him both weeks in a 17-week league, league, there's no way you lost. Right. Yeah, it'd be be damn hard. (laughs) You'd have to to really, really screw up. People are going crazy over Todd Gurley scoring, you know, 40-whatever in week 16. Juju almost did that in week 17. Definitely. I agree completely. I think that's a great call. I think both of you have two really good options. And like I said, both rookies. I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely interesting. So now let's get to our draft value of the year. Wow! That's a low price! 
So we've got some interesting guys. This is a guy who you drafted who ended up giving you more value than the round you picked him in. By far. Now, one of these guys could have been one of our fantasy MVP candidates, and it's I think I think it's Scott's pick. Oh, so you want me to go? Yeah, is uh, it, is it, that was what I meant. That's yeah. my turn. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm going with uh, Danger Russ Wilson. You know, he was uh, he was drafted pretty late, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the The highest I saw him go in any league was the fifth round, and uh, this is your QB number one. Yeah, this is your overall player number two, and if you can ever get that value that late you know you're talking in the 60 plus pick range where you got him and you and you're you're looking at the second overall scoring player i get you know i've i've had my qualms with court with the quarterback position the entire season but i think that that makes him all the more of the value pick of the year because of how bad even the quarterbacks around him and after him got drafted you ended up with with the steal of the draft if you got russell wilson i agree one of the leagues that i was in i took third place because of my ability to plan around the other positions because I knew I had Russell Wilson back there. There was just a level of performance that he got to every single week. Awesome pick. Tom, you and I both have wide receivers from the NFC North. I'm going to let our listeners think about who mine is while you give your case. for They know who yours is. They should. Yeah, I'm going to sling a little mud on Scott's campaign here to try to get a win under my belt. Wow. (laughs) Russell Wilson, uh, he might have doomed you in the playoffs. Don't forget that, okay? All right, my pick is Marvin (laughs) Jones Jr. In standard, I'm going to the standard ranks now. Wide receiver, five. Even in PPR, he was a top 12 guy anyway. It's amazing. He, he was, but he was. Standards, nothing to shake at. Yeah, you don't you don't give up the chance to call someone top five. When right. people rank their favorite rappers, top five. Yep. <laughs> Marvin Jones this year, top five, dude. Yep. That's unbelievable. And you got him so late. People Very just late. gave up on him. He was him, a man. handout. He was there given were, to you if you wanted him. There were leagues that I was in that Kenny Galladay was drafted in front of Marvin mm-hmm. Jones. Yep. So, you know, he just he fell off. I think because of the disappointment, the way he finished last year, you just kind of got a, a sour taste in your mouth. But the way he finished this year, look out. He's going to be an interesting guy to watch in terms of ADP next he year. He is like going to go crazy high. I'm not even kidding. He replaced Odell Beckham Jr. for me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I just played him almost the entire year as if he was Odell Beckham Jr. And that's actually what I did when I took third place in the Internet Celebrity League for the Rutz Boys. Speaking right. of which, congratulations to our champion, Scott Wagonblast. <laughs> and our runner-up, Bucky. Bucky Isotope. Very, uh, very, very close The matchup. game was insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, maybe, we'll have to do a little bit of a recap about that maybe in a future episode. Sure. My draft value of the year is Adam Thielen. This is a guy who was being drafted very similarly to Marvin Jones, although Thielen was going a little earlier. He was like a ninth to tenth, eleventh, twelfth round guy. He was and in he the same you, range, that flyer range, that yeah. flyer second receiver range as Marvin and Jones. And he yeah. gave you an unbelievable year. Five catches in every game up until I think it was like week nine. Uh, t- long touchdowns, short touchdowns. Took him a while to open the touchdown floodgates, but when he got there, you can see just how talented he is, how good of a rapport he built with Case Keenum. Remember, by the end of the year last year, he built a good rapport with Sam Bradford. Right. So for those of you who might be looking at him feeling like, mm, if the Vikings are going to go with Teddy Bridgewater, maybe it's going to 
take Thielen's value down a little bit? I don't think so, because now he's done it with two different guys in a tumultuous QB situation for the Vikings. I think Thielen is going to get it done no matter what. I'm really excited uh, for his prospects next year. Me too, man. I'm pumped for him. And uh, this was a guy that that we had talked about early on, you know, in the in the draft episode as a guy that we liked in the later rounds. And, you know, obviously none of us expected him to have the season that he did, but we're right. all very thankful that he did. Thank you, Adam yeah. Thielen, for showing us that anything is possible. For sure. Let's now go to our zombie of the year. Zombie, zombie. This one might need a little explanation, Don. What, what yes. do you mean by zombie this, with this award? This Zombies, obviously, are people who have passed on, who have come back to life. So right. this award is for a fantasy football player whose value we thought had passed on. It was going to be diminished. It was done. They weren't on our radar. And all of a sudden, they sprang back to life. Oh, yeah. So we've got two running backs, which I think is a very fitting theme for the season because we had a ton of running backs who ended up looking like league winners by the end of the year. Yeah. So let's start with those two, with you two. Uh, Tom, we'll go with you for your zombie of the year. Yeah, I really love this one. I think I got a good shot at taking home the hardware in this category. I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon. I mean, no one came back from the dead like this guy. I did not believe in him whatsoever. Almost nobody did. He never really showed out, even though he had been given opportunities before. Him and Matt Asiata, how many times did those two just get to split carries? Mm -hmm. What happens this year, but he kind of splits carries again, so nothing really changes, but he just, you know, he rose from the dead. He's a new man. Uh, he finished as player seven or running back 17 in PPR, and he went over 20 points on four occasions, which is a quarter of the season. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't play for like the first quarter of the season when Dalvin Cook was banged up. So I agree. He came. He came out of the dead even to start the year. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. So the first four weeks, he had a total of 10 rushing attempts, and he still finished as running back 17. That's the kind of thing that I think we were alluding to that's coming up where um, wide receiver stats are down. Receiving yeah. running back stats are up. Way yeah, up. Checkdowns are it was, up. It was the year of the pass catching back for And that was sure. what role we thought McKinnon was going to fill when they got Latavius Murray. It was going to be a two-back system. Right. And then they got Dalvin Cook, and that muddied the waters for everybody. Cook was their bell cow until, until he got hurt. But McKinnon, I believe he's going to be a free agent this year. So where he ends up may be very interesting Yeah, for I think some he people. got himself paid this year. Good yeah. for him. Uh, Scott, let's go with your running back. Another guy who Zombie I think of the year. might have gotten paid, uh, might be getting paid this upcoming year. I believe he's a free agent as well. Rising from the dirt of New England is Dion Lewis. Yes. Dion Lewis had 54.7 PPR fantasy points last season. Okay. This season... 203 150 point increase for this man and he finishes the year in full PPR as running back number 13 not right. to mention in the playoffs of fantasy this guy went buck wild and right. may have been the one to carry you to a championship so not only did he rise from the dead he rose to the podium of fantasy leagues <laughs> Dion lewis zombie of the year i like it a lot i'm really looking forward to arguing these other categories because i know i'm gonna lose this one <laughs> um my zombie of the you, year you just didn't go sexy enough here i didn't i really didn't because it's like my pick is much more of a of, he deserves credit though yeah so my guy is Jarvis Landry, and when I think zombie, I think 
you know, what role did we see for this guy? And what role have we thought of Jarvis Landry with for the last, basically since he got in the league? PPR monster. You know what PPR monster actually translate to? He doesn't score touchdowns. Wide receiver two. Yes. Okay? <laughs> so we never thought that he was going to be above that. So he was being taken as the second wide receiver for some teams or as the third for wide re- for guys that wanted to go rich at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And guess what he did? Top well, actually, let's, let's pause here because he loses Tannehill, check down Charlie himself. Yeah. Who loved feeding Landry those check down routes. And then he gets deep get ball Jay bro Cutler, Cutler. Who and everybody <laughs> expects Cutler to fall in love with Devontae Parker. Even Jay Cutler said he fell in love with Devontae Parker. Yep. Then there was talks that the Dolphins were trying to trade Jarvis Landry. We thought this was the end of the road for Jarvis Landry in Miami. And what does he do? That's Wide year, receiver yeah. one year. Yeah. Him. Doubles his career total in touchdowns, basically. He was unbelievable. He was steady. He was basically the only bright spot of the Dolphins, and then he got tossed in Week 17 and something that was really ugly. Yeah. But just a great year. Changed our perception of what Jarvis Landry can do on a football field. He's my zombie of the year. Although I can't really – I feel like I'm bringing back a guy from uh, – bringing a guy back from the dead who didn't die. Right. And you know, I, so I, I don't think, know. I don't know. I pick. think a lot of his – I think a lot of his stock died, though, as this, as the season was upcoming. Last year, he was getting drafted in, in like, the second round of PPR leagues because everyone was like, oh, he catches 100 balls. You know, this will be the year he catches touchdowns. And he didn't. But this year was finally the yeah. year where he got his chance to get some – some targets in the red zone, and boy, did he cash in. He must have played his way into a new contract at Miami as well. I think so. He's he's one of the best best receivers in the league, really. All right, so we know a lot of you dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of up upcoming suspensions out of nowhere, things like that. So sometimes we get a little desperate as fantasy football players, and that's what this award is for. It's the desperation stream of the year. Despacito. And, you know, we all, all of us even here, you know, we're, we're supposed to be these analysts, but uh, we all got pretty desperate throughout the year. There's no oh, yeah. question in that. We, Absolutely. you know, the text that, that we send to each other in our group about the desperate plays we're thinking of uh, throughout the year were great. So it was nice to see uh, which ones we came up with. Of course, um, we were going to pick guys at the end of the year because that's when you're most desperate. So um, if you guys are cool with it, I'm going to lead off. Go for it. And because uh, this was a bandwagon that, I was probably one of the first people to step on, and that was the Ride Blake Bortles to the championship bandwagon. Yes. We tried to tell you to pick him up in the week that he played Seattle. And then we said it when he played Houston, and then he said we said it when they played the 49ers. Though all three of those weeks he was a QB1. But I'm talking specifically week 16, the championship week. When you the need most a pressure streamer. filled week of the year, and some of us were able to ride the wave and Roll Blake Bortles out there. And Blake Bortles goes out there and he gets you 22.38 standard QB scoring points. Good for QB number three in championship week. This was the desperation heave you needed. Garbage time Bortles came back for you when you needed him most. He is my desperation stream of the year. All right. Interesting case. Tom, this was the award that you came up with. So I'm going to show you some respect and make you go last. My my guy is also a quarterback, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo during the yoffs. Sure. Because right around the yoffs was when Carson Wentz went down, Mm -hmm. and that was a brutal hit for a lot of teams. And what did we say? We said maybe pick up Nick Foles and Garoppolo just to see if Garoppolo can ride his heater because he looked pretty good against Chicago, not so great against Seattle. But Houston comes out, great matchup, interesting matchup. He goes for 15. Tennessee, okay matchup. We'll see how he does. 19 Mm -hmm. Jacksonville toughest defense to play against all year 
32nd against quarterbacks. He goes for 21. Yeah. You could have possibly ridden Jimmy G to a championship. You definitely could have ridden, ridden Jimmy G to a championship. And, uh, you know, for those who did, I agree. I bet they agree with you, Don. Yeah. He's the number one desperation streamer this year. Tom, you've waited right. patiently. Let's go for yours. All right. Very, very cool. I have a man who is always in high regards in our hearts. He was in no higher regard in my heart than in week 16 when I gave him the shot into the championship lineup, and that's Antonio Gates. You knew it took Tom a lot had of, to go deep dive tight end for yep. this award. Yep. There's only <laughs> it one took, way this was going to go. <laughs> it took a lot of gall to start him in week 16. I know he's a legend. He's always been good, right? right. But it was just the week following Hunter Henry's um, placement onto the IR. So there was no uh, litmus test. There was no preview. It was just thrown into the lineup in the championship. And what does he do for you? He goes for six for 81 with a touchdown. That's yeah. over 20 points in PPR. And, I mean, if you're getting that out of the tight end position – you're smiling and i smiled all the way to a championship with this guy so for me there was no better uh pressure pick you had to really believe in it yeah and then it came to fruition so he never let us down and that's antonio gates i mean season long he was like a tight end three option like it, it was touchdown or nothing yeah he had games where he was getting zero targets you know obviously zero receptions if that's the case so you really had to put your faith in him and boy am i glad i did only because you have to revel in your successes in the fantasy football analysis industry antonio gates was my plum pick tight end week 16 i just want to throw that out there for everybody make sure that they remember yeah that, that's a that's a great <laughs> one tom and, and like you said you were blindly walking into uh the championship week at tight end thinking that, you know, hoping, that's why I love it so hoping much. On pat, hoping on the pass, but realistically thinking like, wow, he could give me zero. <laughs> so now we're moving on to an award. This is another one that I made. And if you can, you can tell which awards I made because it's the ones that require the most explanation before we give out the award. Right. <laughs> so I've got this award is called Next Year's Aladdin. It's next year's Diamond in the Rough. I must find this one, this diamond in the rough. So what we mean by that is, you know, we've had some diamonds in the rough. We talk about our draft values of the year, right? These are the guys who we think are going to are possibly going to win that award right. next year. The and diamond in the rough. That yes. was such a good drop pick, Don. I really like that one. Easily my favorite Disney movie ever, by the way. Yeah, I that's cannot a, wait for that's the a live classic. Version. But uh, can I go? Yeah, sure. I, I'm excited. If you guys can't tell for this episode, that's why I like I'm like <laughs> jumping to go to each one. But I'm gonna be jumping up and down for Tariq Cohen next year and can we get a, a, a hooray a huzzah john fox is fired from the bears so that listen, means listen that millionaire has to relocate his family to a new five bedroom house <laughs> and send his kids to a new private school so if you could just have some respect for john fox sure i'm okay? sure he'll be a he fine... was last place the nfc north three years in a row and i'm sure That's tough to i'm do. sure he'll be a fine high school coach moving forward so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i think whatever coach that walks through the doors and is hired He's going to go to practice the first day, right? And guess what he's going to see? Wow, this team has one playmaker, and he's a hell of a playmaker. And who is it? It's Tariq Cohen. Yeah. I think this dude's just going to return to like that, that beginning of the season baseline where he's catching at least six balls a week, and he has that, that propensity to yeah. just explode. Explode in the return game. Explode in the run game. Explode in the receiving game. We've been saying it all year, uh, maybe all fair. I don't know how much we said it on here. He reminds us so much of Tyreek Hill yeah. that I think that this year, is it, he's going to get the chance this year, right. and, and he's uh, I think he's going to be a great I think pick. his floor next year is Theo Riddick. 
and he can go so much higher than yeah. that. Uh, Tom, let's go he's with you. Definitely, I was just going to say, he's definitely worth a late-round pick. There's a bunch of draft strategy episodes that we're going to be doing in the offseason, but he's like the culmination of all the things I've been thinking about, like the kind of player that I really want to take late-round risks on Yeah, um, for sure. But my, my uh, Aladdin pick here is the Goff father, Jared <laughs> oh Goff. Nice one. We, we guys, nicknamed his number three receiver, so now we got to nickname him. Guys, he showed out and became a QB1 this year. There was a million injuries, I know, but he finished top 12. Hey, and top let me 12, tell you why. 12. I agree. And let me tell you why I'm very interested for him next year. Because those guys that we talked about, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the, uh, the Andrew Lux of the world even, they'll probably go ahead of Jared Goff, right? Yeah. But what I can tell you unequivocally is that Jared Goff was really easy to start and sit. The only game where he may have betrayed you was versus Washington where he put out 10 points. The only other times where he went below 15 points. Bad matchup. Bad matchup, exactly. Seattle, twice. Jacksonville and Minnesota. That's the list. That's the whole list? That's the list. Wow, man. You know, it's <laughs> that's damn good. The value of a known commodity in a fantasy football player's mind is so important because, you know, we, we talk about Goff. Like, you played him when he had a good matchup, and you sat him when he had a bad one. And when he had a good matchup, he played well. When he had a bad one, he didn't score as many points. So, yeah, I think you're right. And you know what those these other quarterbacks that are around him, possibly in the top 12, or those guys who are below him that had off years, you know what Goff has that they don't? Todd Gurley. And Sean McVay, <laughs> right? Like, we have learned that the Rams are going to be good for years to come. They've got the youngest coach, the youngest quarterback-running back combo. Oh, They're yeah. young at wide receiver. Yeah. If they can keep this unit together, I don't see why they can't start challenging for – you know, conference championships yeah. and start. I mean, listen, until Brady's out, you can't say anybody's challenging for a Super Bowl. But I, I like these this Rams team a lot. And if Goff is going to grow this much with McVay after one year, imagine what yeah, happens when agreed. the two get a full off season together, I, working together. And let's not forget, their season's not over. They're in the playoffs. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't sleep on them being a NFC championship contending team this season. For sure. I really like them this year. Yeah. I am certainly hoping that they go out there and screw up because I want to draft. <laughs> Jared Goff at the cheapest price available, and when he has a tough matchup, just stream somebody. Yeah, yeah. I think that's an affordable combination coming into the season. Hopefully, ADP uh, rewards me with that uh, prediction becoming a reality, and I think I can ride that, you know, sky's the limit. All right, time for my diamond of the rough now, and I'm going with a guy who we cannot stop talking about, and maybe just specifically I cannot stop talking about, Marquise Goodwin. The speedster, the yep. Olympic-level sprinter, playing in a Kyle Shanahan offense that loves vertical passing with a quarterback who is just seems like one of the smartest, most put-together quarterbacks we've seen yep. this side of Tom Brady. I think Goodwin is going to be Adam Thielen next year. I think, I think he, has that, a, he has that level of potential. He he's a little from, bit more of a big play potential, too. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think even though he only scored two touchdowns on the entire season, that he is a much bigger touchdown candidate once he has the entire season with Jimmy G. One thing that I really, really liked about Goodwin, he caught his second touchdown in Week 17 out of the backfield. Oh. So um, that could be pretty interesting moving forward. Obviously, it's already showing Kyle Shanahan's 
likeness to moving him all over the field. And and we love that in yeah. fantasy. You know, we love when they when these guys are able to sneak away from those number one cornerbacks as a receiver. For sure. All right. This might be the most hotly contested award of the entire show. It's the fantasy rookie of the year. Let me get this straight. Wait, I'm the rookie? So many different ways this can go. Yeah, so many different guys that we can use. And our three picks, I think, are completely different. So, Tom, let's go with you because you're actually doubling up on another award that you've already given out. Yeah, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. As a dynasty commodity and a keeper you know, candidate, there's really a hard case to make that you wouldn't use this guy in either of those respects. I don't know how many keepers you get, but if you get – even just one, he's totally worth a look. I mean, Juju's been unreal. He's almost like, not that Antonio Brown is a uh, injury-prone guy anyway, right. but it's almost like a handcuff situation. I mean, when Brown was gone, he went berserk. Yep. And like, even with you, Brown like, there, he still performed. And that's what I'm saying. It's almost, it's not even quite a handcuff. It's more like a uh, Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman situation, where I think going into the future, you could literally draft them both and start them both. Let's not forget they play the Browns twice every year. They play <laughs> right. the Bengals. They play the Bengals twice every year. They always play them tough. You know they've got good matchups, and you know, I one, I like him in any matchup. One thing looking forward to. Everyone's so nervous about Big Ben retiring. Well, he just went off with Landry Jones at quarterback. So why not yeah, Juju mean, all the time? And like, how with many any times QB? do we say? How many times in the previous years have we taken two? Steelers wide receivers like last year every you know, year yeah we, we were every year receivers are two receiver two receivers from the Steelers are getting drafted pretty much every year Dude, they went in the top top six seven rounds with Martavis Bryant this year you know exactly so I exactly. think I even think higher sometimes again. yeah no doubt right and well the last year the reason that it won't be maybe so obvious to everyone is the year prior it was uh Sammy Coates and Eli Rogers kind of coming together to equal one wide receivers value no yeah. but now the the decision the position is so clear that it will be Juju that it's Juju. Yeah. I'm going with Alvin Kamara because to me, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking in terms of fantasy football, how does this rookie's projections in, in the years to come, how, how do they pan out? And for right. me, I don't, I think we can see overall player number one in Alvin Kamara's future. Almost got it this year. You know, he almost had it this year, number one. <laughs> he was splitting carries with Mark Ingram. They traded Adrian Peterson because they saw what they had in Kamara and they needed to get him out on the field more. Ingram's, he's young, he's on the young side, but he's no spring chicken. He's their battering ram. You know, and just think about it. He averaged nine yards per touch. Yeah. That's going to equate to more touches next year. And I don't think Ingram's earned, I don't think Ingram's going to get phased out anytime soon. But, with what Kamara was able to do, with how well he played, I think he's in tune for more touches. I yeah. think his touchdown number can stay eerily similar next year to what it was this year. This is a guy who earned himself a first-round selection in fantasy drafts this summer. No question. I'm pumped for Kamara. And he did that good going into the training camp preseason with Adrian Peterson there. Right, so now he goes into this off season where he's the focal point of, of the running game for sure. You know, like you said, Ingram's going to do his battering, his battering ram type of work, and he's going to, and Camaro will need that too. I really liked how the Saints managed his touches this year. I thought they did a great job of unleashing him with great plays, and I think that that is just going to continue. They're just going to keep finding those right spots for Alvin Kamara to come in and just pop off, and you can't stop him. No, 
I love it. It goes without saying the value that this guy will have in Dynasty. I mean, he's going to outlast Mark Ingram over there. If Mark Ingram was selected first team all pro, he could have left the team based on the way his contract is set up, which is really cool for the player. I think that's an amazing um, thing. It's very risky for the Saints. Go get your money, man, right? Why not? The Saints um, in the past have been bafflingly not so happy with Mark Ingram and quick to dismiss him. So I always thought that once they got rid of Adrian Peterson, you know, that Alvin Kamara was really going to start to eat in. Uh, Mark Ingram, to his own defense, just balled out. What a season. Yeah, kept kept Alvin Kamara on the sidelines enough, but both of them registering top – Ten. Five, I think. Oh, Ten. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was, you're right. I think it was close to top five, if not top five. Yeah, I can check on that, but I mean, you're not disappointed with either. No. no. All right, Scott, you have an extremely interesting rookie of the year in fantasy, and I, I, I love this pick. Yeah, it's it's Deshaun Watson. My only yeah. regret is that I was not ballsy enough to make this pick. All right, it was, you know, my uh... – Ingram, PPR, running back six, but go on. Okay, okay thank cool. you, Tom. One, I got, I got one last chance at the humble brag of plum picking Deshaun Watson on the very first episode we did, the quarterbacks episode. First um, ever, ever Ruts episode. First ever Ruts episode. I said, you know, hey, Deshaun Watson might be good. And guess what? He only played seven games, but the dude had 21 total touchdowns. More than Marcus Mariota. More than Matt Ryan. More than Jameis Winston. Three guys being drafted as QB1s. He beat them in seven games. He was a complete lightning rod and and had that, oh, you know, he he gave you this quick euphoria of, wow, I have Deshaun Watson. I'm going to win my league. That's what it felt like for three or four weeks. Yeah. Unfortunately, he gets injured. But, you know, you know, this doesn't really seem like an, an award that I'm going to win because of my pick. You know, he just didn't make it the whole year. But Deshaun, Deshaun Watson was 100% the fantasy rookie of the year. I cannot wait for him. Next I think year. if you're if you're thinking in terms of like career prospects, I don't think any rookie showed that he is ready to be an NFL contributing player more than Deshaun Watson did this year yeah. i am so pumped to see him back out there healthy jj watt and him are working out together already so, uh, yeah so i'm excited to see you know how they're already doing like high knees with yeah, like a great. weight sled behind them i was like wow yeah, it's awesome go. with a weight sled attached to their hiney um <laughs> kareem hunt honorable mention of course yes um, i didn't choose we'll get kareem to kareem hunt, hunt a in reason. a little bit yeah <laughs> um but agreed but right now it's time for another award that Tom came up with. Very unique. I'm very happy that we did this one. It's the nickname of the year. That is the stupidest nickname I've ever heard. I think you wish you thought of it. All right, you got me. That's an awesome nickname. Yeah, I'm pumped on this one too. You know, this is like a uh, this is you know Tom picked every single one too, and I think he picked like Tom. Tom did our nominees, and I think he did such a good job with them that uh, that I you know there was no argument for me. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. So Tom, let's let's have you start it off. All right, mine was from a a long, long time ago in the tight end rankings episodes. But every time this guy came up, yep. every time I could bring this guy up, I did. And uh, it was when I was making my case that Austin Hooper would be more involved this year, which, you know, was pretty correct. Um, and I said, Levine Toilo, <laughs> Levine Toilolo, more like Levine Toilolit. <laughs> yep. And his fantasy, his fantasy value went in the 
Toy Lola this year. Entirely. So I'm happy to include him. Um, I'm loving I'm loving giving these guys nicknames. It's a it's a very fun thing. Regrettably, mine's a little um, a little mean. So hey, Levine, I'm sorry, but I was just talking about fantasy value. I think you're you're a great blocking tight end. Keep up the good work. And he he dove on a touchdown uh, a couple weeks ago too. So uh, good job on the on the Toy Lola next there. Year's Madden, yeah. Guaranteed. yeah, that was a. That one had me in stitches when you said that one. Scott, we have one. Uh, 1.05, I believe, was our rookie breakdown. And that gave birth to another nickname of ours. Yeah, this one is this one's probably the, the overall podcast favorite. You know, we, we love saying this one. And it's, uh, it's for our boy Cooper, the Moscow Mule cup baby. bartender and it was a great Mule. feeling that that he kept scoring and we we were when we were watching the games you got to pop up and scream mule yep. moscow mule so moscow mule baby Nickname yeah, love, of the it. Year. love it Cooper. not to mention a confirmed listener of the show at least for that episode right. he did he did answer our dm and I did not tell him that we nicknamed him the Moscow Mule. I just DM'd him, told him the time that we gave him a nickname. He fired it up, and he said, very well done. And that made my whole day. <laughs> so, Cooper, anytime you're, you want to come on the show. Mules on us, yep. baby. Yep, you can come out to New Jersey. We'll take you up. <laughs> take you to the bar, get you some mules. He's, he's old enough, right? He should be 21 by now. Yeah, he's good yeah. for a mule. All right. I'm going with mine. And believe it or not, guys, this nickname did not originate on the show. I had a sports radio show when I was in college, and we coined this phrase uh, when Case Keenum was coming out of college. Okay. Because everybody was talking about suck for luck or whiffing for Griffin or whatever. And I was like, guys, like, it's a case race. <laughs> you know? It's the case race. He, at this point, Case Keenum was becoming the most prolific passer in terms of yardage in college football history. Right. So let's, so, so let's get the other aspect of right. the, of the, uh, but the nickname. In. This year, it became a case race to the finish line because I was – Hashtag riding the lightning <laughs> with Case Keenum down the stretch. And listen, I know it didn't quite work out. Minnesota kind of shrunk their playbook because they didn't want to give too much away going into the playoffs when they had a lot clinched up. But, right. man, it was so fun riding that lightning with Case Keenum. I'm so happy for him. And I'll tell you what, there's going to be a case race this offseason. Yes. I can see Case Keenum going out and saying, hey, listen, I just put on tape why I should be there. Listen, Pat Shermer, the Vikings offensive coordinator, is one of the – uh, hot candidates to fill one of these coaching positions. If he ends up, you know, somewhere that's maybe a little bit quarterback Don, need, you weren't the only one riding the lightning. You're so, right. One of these owners, one of these GMs, they'll ride the lightning yeah, because it's the, it's the longest nickname of all time, too. Case race <laughs> hashtag <laughs> ride the lightning. It's not going to fit in the Twitter poll. I'm going to have to make a really difficult choice. But the other thing that I really like is like think about the quarterbacks that are going to be in the free agent pool. We're talking to Alex. Hashtag RTL. Sorry. <laughs> Good point. Nice. Um, like Eli Manning going to demand a pretty high contract. Alex Smith, I think he's certainly going to demand a high contract. Kirk Kirk Cousins. There's some people saying that his agent is going to go out and try to get him to be the most paid player paid ever player in the world. Yeah. Well, guess what? Case Keenum's not Case Keenum's not going to die. The that. Lightning. So ride the lightning, get him in there. Hopefully, you know, there's some there's a co college quarterback coming up who can sit a couple of years behind Case Keenum. He's proven he can do it. I love it. I'm so happy for him. I hope the Vikings end up playing at home in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But, you know, in the meantime, it was so great. Case race. Hashtag ride the lightning. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Case Keenum. Yeah, thanks, Case Keenum, All for right. saving the Vikings whole season, getting them into the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs. Yes, from our nicknames to our hashtags, it's time for the hashtag Man Catch Monday of the year. 
Yes. You know who's a man? Me. I'm a man. So many good candidates. Reminder, you can find our Man Catch Mondays on Instagram at RutzFF. Mm-hmm. We will be uh, hopefully coming up with some some new, fresh off-season content to tide you over during the postseason and during the off-season as well. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're talking about the guys who just who just made such great catches that you can only describe them as, as man catches. And I'm going to start off because, to me, it's a season-long award. Sure. And I'm going Man Catch Marvin. Who also could have been on my nickname list. Yes. <laughs> I got to say, though, Don, that I will not write Man Catch Marvin in the poll. I because that will – that's just – you know, You're it's, just going to win with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I got to run yeah. a scientific operation. Yes. Yes. We need <laughs> no. a control group. We, we cannot have extensive variables. I get it. Marvin, Marvin Jones, Tom talked about how much of a value he gave you in the draft this year. But – how much of a value he gave by putting smiles on your faces or just dropping your, your jaw. mouth, just gaping open. Yeah. Just like he caught that. How? You know, just pulling the ball <laughs> off a of guy's helmets, pulling the ball out of guy's hands, just going up top and winning jump balls. He was awesome all year. We did feature him on our Instagram account. I'm, I, I'm blanking on what week he was, but I know he was up there. Yes. I love him. Marvin Jones, thank you for a great year full of Man Catch Mondays. Yeah, hopefully he's got more to come because he really threw together a type of highlight reel that was crazy. I want to throw some honorable mentions out there while while we're here because this award is tough because there were just so many great plays. And nobody knows what a catch is. How about DeAndre Hopkins? Um, In the last week, week bobbling. Week 16. Yeah, week 16, not week 17. How about Gronk one-handed in the corner of the end zone against the Bills? That was an awesome one. Obviously, there's a ton more, but those two I I thought really needed a special show. All right, well, let's stay with you, Scott. Kelvin Benjamin in the snow. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a great one, too. That was was almost almost what I used. Yeah, but you had a great a picture, picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, let's go with yeah. yours. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Antonio Brown cell phone sticking the football <laughs> on his helmet in his ear hole to give a call to whoever to say, hey, just want to let you know I'm snagging my third touchdown of the game right now. I'm going completely off and I'm capping it off with the man catch of the year. This guy made great plays all year. He's made great plays for years, but you know, this is just another, you know, it's just another one for him. But for us, I think it's the catch of the year. I loved, I love that catch. I love that game that he had those three touchdowns against Tennessee on Thursday night when Pittsburgh really beat the doors off the Titans. I mean, it was an amazing catch. I wish it happened closer to that, uh, the, the commercial where he was a receptionist right, going yeah. for the reception record and putting the cell phone to his head. Right. For yeah, sure. that would have been perfect. <laughs> Tom, you're uh, you're off the beaten path here, so it seems like you're giving yourself an uphill battle for this one. But I love the yeah. pick because I almost forgot about this catch until I saw the name on our uh, episode prep sheet. So who is it? Yeah, I'm going to lose this one unless I get the hipster vote out there. Um, <laughs> or, you know, this guy retweets it or something. It's deserving. And that's – that's Maurice Harris. This was the best catch of the entire year, in my opinion. Um, an amazing one-handed catch into the end zone. And it was a no-doubter for me that he would be enshrined as our Man Catch Monday that week. Um, it's against the Vikings, which is no soft target in the receiving game. And it's yep. from your boy Case Keenum. Or it's not from your boy Case Keenum. It's from your boy Kirk Cousins. Mr. Who does what? Boy. <laughs> he gets it done. I know. I got your boys mixed up was the problem. But – 
Kirk Cousins gets it done. He puts the ball in the exact last inch where this guy could possibly make a catch. And he goes out there and makes him into a true hero. I need the hipster vote to come out and vote for this guy. But in my opinion, this was truly the uh, the catch of the year, Incredible especially play. with he certainly has a chance. Incredible, especially with how catch an unexpected catch. He really didn't play much this year, but man, what a catch, Maurice Harris! Nice job. All right, especially time. with the, the the difficulty of actually being called a catch. Yes. So that's my last. Right, uh, the, the actual of, ruling of a catch yes. is tough with the way he called it too. for sure. All right, so it's time for the big kahuna. It's our fantasy MVP. And what I what I love about the fantasy football MVP is there are so many different interpretations of that course, we could have yeah. for this. It could be a, a guy who just really struck lightning uh, later in the year. It could be a guy who was just very consistent all the way through. Draft value, right? You know, we all could that, all, all take a look at this and, and think of something different. So, Tom, let's go with your fantasy MVP of the year. Yeah, I'm going with something that's a little unexpected. I you love guys this, took by some, the way. You guys took some good ones for me, took, but I think. Yeah. This one is it's it's a formidable opponent. I think the uh, the novelty of it might help bring the vote out, yeah. and that's the Jags D. I yes. love it. They they led the league in touchdowns. They were second in interceptions with twenty one. Whoa. They had uh, twelve fumble recoveries, which was near the top. But guys, this is what you look for in a fantasy defense, and that's sacks. Saxonville brought the Heat fifty five sacks that's 55 points that you got in your fantasy lineup just for drafting the jacksonville jaguars defense the next best was 41 yeah that's awesome defense since i think it was 2009 with the jets yeah a little a little excuse me the next best was 50 that's a pretty good performance as well but that was from the panthers who were a lot less consistent what i can tell you though is that they outscored the next best defense by 36 points. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, something that I wanted to bring up, uh, we calculated the prop bet pools this week. Uh, congratulations to Mike Tarver for his winning score. He beat out uh, my dad, actually, by three points. He was also my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, congratulations to him. But uh, what I wanted to bring up about that is, surprisingly, no one picked the Jags defense as the highest scoring defense this year. Anyone, wow. you know, what a tough one, you know, just shows how crazy unpredictable it is. And uh, the Jags D was incredible this year. Another one that nobody got was Greg Zerline as the highest scoring kicker. And um, also one I more. I think I went so chalky with those two picks. Yeah. I was like Goskowski and the Seahawks. One more cool one that I don't think a lot of people would have would have thought would have happened at the beginning of the year. Highest. Uh, the best Tuddy Buddy connection. So most touchdowns between a, a quarterback and a pass catcher, Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham with 10. Awesome. So interesting. That's pretty big. Yeah. Scott, fantastic job with that prop bet pool. Thanks. Obviously, we're going to be bringing that back next year. Yeah, hopefully we'll get, some, we'll get some more people in so we can get some more prizes going and stuff yeah. like that and, and get some more involvement. But going back to Tom's pick for MVP, Jags defense was getting you monster scores that you every never week. expected. Yeah. So I agree. It's a good MVP pick. It's a sneaky one. But it a seemed good one. like every time the Jags were down and needed something, too, they got a de- – a touchdown, a big from touchdown. That defense. Yeah. You know, you got the shutout from Baltimore in London, which was amazing. The five pick game against Ben Roethlisberger. They were a matchup proof defense. And how many times can you really say that? Basically never. Scott, let's roll with you. Sure. For I, your fantasy MVP. You know, to me, it's an easy one. 
and uh, there's really only one answer, and it's and it's Todd Man, it's Todd Gurley. Yeah, he absolutely electrified the field all season. But the most important part is he saved his best performances for the end, racking up an absurd 366 rushing yards, 225 receiving yards, 16 catches, and seven touchdowns from weeks 14 to 16. The standard league playoff run. Todd Gurley was there to carry you all the way through to the championship. To me, this is a one-horse race. Todd Gurley, fantasy MVP. Obviously, you think it's a one-horse race. That's why he's the guy you pick. But, I mean, you absolutely <laughs> made a great point. He was consistent all year. Had some had some games where he struggled, but so does every other running back That's in right. this league. And what he did during those those playoff weeks, those championship weeks, was unforgettable if you were able to get Todd Gurley in your lineup. Todd Gurley going in the third round this year, which was amazing because you won't oh, yeah. get him there next year. I no, promise. You, won't get him you with don't the have third pick, pick three, you might not get him. <laughs> So just a really interesting, uh, a really great year, a really uh, a reputation restoring year for Todd Gurley. I have a reputation creating guy as my fantasy MVP. And Tom, this was why Kareem Hunt was not mentioned in the, in the fantasy rookie of the year because he's my fantasy MVP of the year. Listen, he is the most memorable fantasy player of this year. Comes out scorching hot out of the gate. Three total touchdowns against the Patriots. Backs it up with two total touchdowns. Yes, he did have a long touchdown drop, but guess what? He brought it back. Once Matt Nagy took over as the Chiefs play caller, Kareem Hunt got his mojo back. He was giving you RB1 performances down the stretch before the playoffs and into the playoffs. Even if you had the troublesome... What word am I looking for? I think you're looking for it. Even if you had to desperately play him in week 17, yes. he still got you one carry for a 35-yard touchdown. Yes, exactly. And Predicament. And yeah. extremely quietly, he led the league in rushing. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's how you get points, by gaining yards. That's and he right. gained more rushing yards than anyone. He's involved. I think he, he was a fourth or fifth round value, depending on when you drafted, once Spencer Ware went down. Yeah. It's just it was Kareem Hunt. If you basically if you were the guy who got Kareem Hunt, you jumped out to a big lead in your league in the in the beginning of the year. Maybe maybe you middled a little bit, but by the end of it, he took you right back to where he had you in the beginning of the year. He was my fantasy MVP this year, and I wish I had the stones to take him in any of my leagues this year. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get him in one where I ended up losing in the championship, but he did his best part to get me all the way there. Like you said, he provided fireworks at the beginning of the year. He provided fireworks at the end of the year. I'm really excited. I'm really interested to see where he's getting drafted next year and he had, you know, he had a hell of a season. Yeah, so And I think he caught that ball in week 15. He did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um so those are our awards. We are going to put a poll out for each of these 10 awards on our Twitter account at RutzFF. Obviously, we will all be retweeting it as well. Tom's at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. I'm at Why So Serious. Episode's not over. I just wanted to make sure that we reiterated that right. just in case I forgot at the end because we do have some more things that we'd like to get to. Speaking of – Go vote now. You heard the, all the categories. So yes. while we – you know, you can just peruse the iPhone and go knock out Polls the voting now. are app. open. Yes. So – Pokemon, go to the polls. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, so I wanted to surprise the two of you with what I had as the hashtag stats of the year. Right. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, I am in love with just like those stats accounts that just throw out like you're, they just show you like these ridiculous stats and you don't know what to make of them. Well, I'm going to kind of give you 
hopefully an idea of what to make of these stats because Scott, you mentioned that probably like week six or week seven, how the quality of the football on the field was kind of just taking a step back this year. Mm -hmm. And I have two great stats. And then I got one that's going to be a little, a little more fun, a little more happy to end on. But first let's talk about the quarterback positions. Cause Scott, you said the quarterback position was brutal this year. Build my case, right? So Russell Wilson scored 48.44 more points than any other quarterback this season. Hashtag stats. That's the biggest gap between quarterback one and quarterback two since Peyton Manning's 55 touchdown year in 2013. Hashtag stats. Listen, it's not because Russell Wilson had as good a year this year as Peyton Manning did in 2013. Russell Wilson didn't even break 30 touchdowns, I don't think, passing. Yeah. So it was just a big step back for the quarterback position. The injuries to Rodgers, to Wentz, to Watson obviously skewed that. Very much so. Yep. But just kind of goes to show how far the quarterback position fell off this year. No question. My next one is a residual effect of the quarterback struggling. We're talking wide receivers. Now, Antonio Brown, wide receiver one, even though he got hurt in PPR formats, finishes the year 310 points. Right. DeAndre Hopkins, 309. So very close race. And those, if you look back at the years, they extrapolate. Pretty on par with wide receiver one, wide receiver two seasons. Where things get interesting, though, is the wide receiver three and down. Because wide receiver three was Keenan Allen. He had 278 points. That's the lowest wide receiver three score since 2006. Okay. Gets even worse. Wide receiver four. First of all, lifetime achievement award. We we know Arians retired. We know Carson Palmer retired. I hope this isn't the last we've seen of Larry Fitzgerald because he was wide receiver four in Unreal. PPR formats. He had 261 points. That is the lowest perform. That is the worst performance for a wide receiver four in PPR formats since 1992. Wow! If you go down to wide receiver five, Jarvis Landry, as we talked about, my back from the dead. 260, lowest since 1998. Number six, Michael Thomas, 258.5, lowest since 1998. If we go down to the number 12 spot, which was Golden Tate. 224 and a half points, the lowest since 1993. Now it's unreal. You look at these stats, you're they like, were, "Wow, receivers stunk." But let's think about. They weren't this even for throwing them. Quarterbacks <laughs> were bad, and there's just there is such a rush for teams to get as many talented pass catchers on their team as possible. It's not just wide receivers anymore. Nope. You have to have a pass catching running back. You have to have a tight end who can beat teams down the seam. So the wide receiver regression isn't all in part to the quarterback regression. However, it's something that we set, certainly need to look at, especially at the top of our drafts this year. Absolutely. Now listen, those two stats obviously paint a very dark picture, but there was a stat this year that I could not believe when I heard it. I had to look it up. I even looked it up before we started recording to make sure it was still true. Rob Gronkowski had zero targets week 17 to give him 69 catches for the year. Wow. Hashtag stats. <laughs> By did, the way, did the Pats do that on purpose, do you think? Well, he needed six <laughs> catches to get 75 for the year, which would have earned him $2 million, so oh. you tell me. Um, speaking Yikes. Of- that's I not was, worth it for Gronk, the $2 million. He'd rather have the 69 catches. <laughs> I, I think he would say that if, if Belichick ever let him in front of a microphone again. But um, one more thing about the tight end position. 
in half-point PPR leagues, and this is skewed a little bit because Gronkowski did miss a game and Kelsey didn't, Rob Gronkowski, 190.4 points. Travis Kelsey, 190.2. Wow. For what? Gronk, between Gronk did miss two. He missed two? Okay, so obviously Gronk probably would have extended his right, lead, but, but still just a really interesting, very close race. Yeah. All right, Injury so. and suspension. Oh, and the suspension, right. So... We do have some football to talk about. For those of you who are in the uh, playoff fantasy leagues, we are definitely going to be taking part in that, so we will be right alongside you for oh, the yeah. agony. First, we've got Tennessee-Kansas City at 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. Personally, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Me too. I think it's going to be a big game for Tyreek Hill. I think it's going to be a big game for Kareem Hunt. I don't think Tennessee really has anybody that can stop Travis Kelsey. However... Tennessee might be able to control the clock in this game because Derrick Henry will be their number one running back. DeMarco Murray announced out for the game right. on Wednesday. I'm interested to see how this game plays out, but I do feel like I already know how it's going to play out. Yeah, I think so, too. An interesting stat that I actually read, um, I, use pro, I use pro football reference all the time for my stats, uh, and it's a, a stat called SRS where they use strength of schedule. They combine strength of schedule and point differential to show you where, where teams kind of line up. And there were only, based off that stat, there were only three teams in the NFC worse than the Tennessee Titans. Oh. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah. So, you know, this team, we've said it all year. They're really not that great of a team, and I, you know, I just think that the, that the Chiefs are going to expose that. They're going to clog up the run with against Derrick Henry, and they're going to make Mariota throw against their their vaunted front seven. Um, I love Travis Kelsey yeah. in this game. I think if you're if you're doing DFS, uh, I think I'm paying for Travis Kelsey, and then I'm figuring the rest of my lineup out. I think that this feels like it's the fifth year in a row that the Chiefs are playing the Saturday afternoon game on Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> they didn't. Even, they were had a bye last I've got- year too. I've got two names I want to talk about. I think uh, Derrick Henry is a pretty cool option. He's kind of cheap. He's still kind of expensive. They have him priced as if he will be the guy, uh, but a little cheaper than the guys who are usually the guy. Um, I do like Rashard Matthews. you got to keep in mind that he's very cheap, $5,500 on DraftKings, so even cheaper than Ted Ginn Jr. And the Chiefs are really not that – dominant in stopping the pass they're actually pretty bad at it with that bend don't break right so their defensive rank um versus the pass after the end of the season is 30th okay wow yeah uh yeah give me all of Rashard matthews this week with a limited uh slate all right let's go with atlanta and the rams it's the 8 15 game on saturday this could be a pretty good offensive game yeah if you're gonna trust a piece i don't mind it yeah yeah i kind of like all the guys in this game, you know, the, the primetime players. Besides, you know, you're not playing Matt Ryan, but, uh, you know, I like Freeman and Julio. I just feel like they're going to lean on Julio. Kind of like Sanu a little bit, too. He's played well, and he's he's always a candidate to get in the end zone, it seems. Todd Gurley, I think, is is the running back worth buying. Uh, $10,000 on FanDuel. Wow, that's a ton. Obviously, that's insane, <laughs> an insane amount of money. But, damn, that makes me- I got him. On my team, yeah, no. I think I think I'm still gonna do it, even if it's ten thousand, because of you know how many receptions the Falcons have allowed to the running back position and just their overall inefficiency, the running back position. I think I think Gurley has a monster. All right, let's move to Buffalo Jacksonville. Congratulations to the Bills Mafia. Awesome that they got in. Very crazy way that they got in. Thank you to Andy Dalton. Awesome that the Bills paid back his charity for the, him getting them into the playoffs. Uh, but they play Jacksonville. Shade McCoy not 100% playing against the fantasy MVP candidate Jags right. defense. I'm not trusting him at all. However, Traveris Cadet, 
or whoever they got behind Mike him. Mike Tolbert? Especially it's probably going to be Tolbert and Cadet in some sort of platoon. Especially if you're going to be one of those guys who wants to pay for Todd Gurley? Yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I it, don't hate it. It could be a lot worse. And like you said, the, the, the volume should be there if Shady is inactive. Um, you know, I think this is the kind of game that the Jacksonville Jaguars got Leonard Fournette for. Yeah. You know, they're in the playoffs in a game that they should probably win by dictating the, the ground game against a really soft target against the run. So, you know, I really like Fournette, too. I'm thinking now I'm kind of thinking that I would probably fade off a of girly and go with Fournette because he's going to be a lot cheaper and he's a nice like back end RB that can just go absolutely wild. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are my two running backs in my lineup as it stands right now. Wow. Um, your so receivers must be nuts. Well, it's 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 Tyreek Hill, Ted Ginn, and Rashard Matthews. Okay. Right. Yep. With Charles Clay at the tight end position. It's of a course. nice looking lineup. Um, what I did want to say is they have let up back to back rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's not insane to start one of those guys, but it truly, truly, truly is a touchdown or bust kind of play. Yeah. For sure. Uh, speaking of touchdown or bust, well, not really, because we, we assume that this is probably going to be the best game of the wild card slate. Carolina and at New Orleans, it's the 440 game on Sunday. Like Very similar to the other NFC wild card game, if you got a piece in this game, I don't mind it. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't think this game's going to be very close. No, I think New Orleans is going to blow their doors off. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. And if you look at the teams that the teams in the NFC South, they've all kind of done a great job of managing Cam Newton. Like none. Cam Newton didn't really have a single good game against any team in the NFC South. The Saints owned him both times they played him. I wow. expect that again. I expect a heavy dose out of Kamara out of the backfield. I like the Saints in this one. I, honestly, I know it's probably surprising. I like him easy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they've averaged 38 points and over 350 total yards against Carolina in their two wins. But, you know, it just goes back. Can you really beat the same team three times in a year? And they could. Yeah, I just I just kind of think that they, they know they know how to beat them. Yeah, and I mean, last three years, a team from the NFC South has beaten the doors off of everybody in the NFC, so maybe it's the Saints' turn. Yeah. I, I Scott, you like them You like them easy? Uh, yeah, the Saints. Would you say you like them big easy? Yeah, it's going to be a big easy for them this week in the big easy. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Tom. Well um, done, guys. Thank you. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., I already mentioned he's in my lineup, but I always mention it versus the Carolina Panthers that they – like to get beat deep, so uh, that's why I've got him, and I think there's a shot. I think Michael yeah. Thomas is pretty safe, too, just yeah. because I think that he's going to be their third down guy going into the postseason. I think he's the safest receiver on the slate. By the way, Michael Thomas most catches. I was just going to say, just because he's been – go on. Michael Thomas most catches for a player's first two years. Yep. Hashtag stats. Yeah, he beat yeah I was going to say he's safe because he's insanely safe. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it. Good luck to everybody playing DFS in the wild card. Make sure you get to the polls. Pokemon, go to the polls. Uh, we're going to be Bona at die. we're going to be at Ruts FF. If you miss it on at Ruts FF, be sure to check our individual accounts. Tom is at Hillier FF. Scott is at Wags FF. I am at Why So Serious. If you want to check out our our nominations for Man Catch Monday, make sure to hit us up on Instagram at Ruts FF. We will be back for one episode next week. We're back to one episode a week because we don't need to do the recap preview with so few games on the playoff slates, but we will be with you throughout the entire postseason. Oh, yeah. Um, we haven't worked out a day yet, but we will be there. You will let We will let you know on Twitter one more time at Ruts FF for the main show account. 
Make sure you get to the polls. Check those out. We'll be doing the results of those, I'm sure. Uh, and congratulations to our winner of our prop bet pool one more time. His name is Scott Mike Tarver. Mr. Tarver, congratulations. Yep, Make sure congratulations. you hit us up Good job. on Twitter so we can get you your prize. In the meantime, we will see everybody for the divisional pl- round. Most most people consider it the best round of football. We'll see if it's going to be the best round of fantasy football. Until then, keep scoring. Hey!